Welcome to the Delighted Customers Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Slayton, and I'm so glad you're here. This podcast is all about empowering leaders to achieve sustainable growth by consistently delighting your customers. We give you practical tips, proven frameworks, and share ways to help you delight your customers. Hi, I want to welcome you to this episode of the Delighted Customers Podcast. We're going to take a global view of the customer experience and hear from a CX expert in one of the most successful brands, Hewlett Packard. She shares a very unique perspective. For example, how HP designs different experiences based on cultural differences in different countries, getting at what she calls the linchpin that unlocks a great experience, and how digital transformation is being done wrong in so many places and how it really should be implemented. Well, I am so excited for my guest, Jaya Sudarshan. She is going to be fascinating, interesting. She's coming to us all the way from India. And uh, Jaya has been in the Hewlett Packard family for 18 years. She came up on the back end. She was a business analyst and did all sorts of analytics for them. And in particular, she got involved in data, which led her to data analytics connected to the customer experience um, and how, how her part of the organization, her team can help best meet customer needs by understanding the data and doing the analytics. And she evolved in her career. We're going to talk more about that. But first, Jaya, welcome to the Delighted Customers Podcast. Thank you, Mark. And it's a pleasure to be here. And thank you for having me. Absolutely. Um, so, Jaya, um, I mentioned the background, data, analytics. Really, you're probably one of those wicked smart people that I admire so much. Um, how did you evolve into the world of CX? Right, like you uh, summarized, right? So I did start my career right at the back end. There's a lot of analytics and studying of data in terms of how do we go out and use data to help us create those CX strategies, right? And serve our customers better. While I was doing that, I, I had the opportunity um, to actually go help uh, action on some of the data or, or insights that, I mean, is, is a better word there. Uh, how do we action on those insights? And I got the opportunity, I can I really seized it. Um, and man, I, I felt like uh, I finally reached a place where I felt like I belonged uh, because, uh, well, I had the opportunity to meet with some of our customers, partners, and every day brought a new challenge. And what excited me a lot was um, I was like the voice of the customer within the organization, right? And I could actually see the impact some of the actions that I was doing was bringing on the customers and partners. And uh, that kind of really cemented. I felt very happy about what I was doing. And it just felt like this is coming very naturally to me. And uh, at that time, we were also, uh, as a team involved, we're just getting to learn a little bit more about the CX profession. That's when we became part of the CXPA family. Also had the opportunity to do my CCXP certification, and then there was no looking back. So, and that's kind of like uh, what drew me to the profession and what kept me in the profession is that no two days are the same, no two customers are the same. So there is so much to learn. There is so much to go out there and plan and help our customers. And I think somewhere 
I've realized that what a true enabler or a differentiator CX can be in helping us achieve those business outcomes that we want to achieve. So very happy, uh, not look back and just very happy where, with where my career is heading in as a CX professional. Which I had, th- thanks for sharing that. I, I mean, people, you mentioned the word belonging. I think that's a common word that you hear is that people, um, I don't know, they, they don't really plan for it, but when they find it, it's a sense of belonging. Um, yep. I, I wanted to give our listeners some frame of reference. It's, HP is one of the most storied brands uh, in the United States and in the, in the world. Uh, and I, I worked for 13 years before I got involved in consulting and, uh, and banking in the office products industry um, for a company now that's called Office Max. I guess, Office Max, Office Depot. And I, I mentioned that only that HP was one of our partners that was one of the most admired, respected, and considered uh, one of the top brands in, in all the different variety of brands that um, a business can use to operate. Um, and But yet sold really got, I, I think I, I remember it being prevalent in the printer cartridge, the toner cartridge you know, world, we did a lot of that, um, but then got, got involved in hardware and software. Which area of HP do you work, you know, is it, what area do you t- tend to focus in? Okay, the fun thing is uh, being, like you said, with a company, the size of HP, right? You have the opportunity, you know, uh, in your career to learn and grow and work in different, um, you know, uh, departments doing different things i've done things from things like finance financial budget management to like i said analytics um, all that right but right now uh, i am part of the customer support team and i am the customer experience manager so uh, for greater asia and india so i am i drive programs and initiatives which are focused on how do we intentionally design build experiences for our customers and also how do we drive the customer, what we call obsession culture or CX culture across uh, the organization. So that is where I sit now. So that, that then would cover a multitude of different HP products and services? That is correct. Okay. And um, tell me about like what's going on for HP in India? Does, you know, does it have a, a strong presence? Where does it, you know, tell, tell, give our audience a sense of where, what HP in India is like. HP, as you know, is a global company. They've been in India for a very long time now. Um, we are uh, we are present in both the PC and the printer market, um, and uh, we are doing well. Uh, we are focusing on you know both the consumer as well as the commercial side. So, uh, like with as you know, with all the other, uh, at least in the PC side, but we saw uh, what we call the boom or uh, the numbers going up with everybody won't, uh, you know, with COVID and everybody having, right. going from one PC what for one home to probably one PC per person within the home, right? Wow. So obviously uh, there, there has been, uh, the market has boomed, especially for India, because uh, we still don't think, uh, we're still a very upcoming economy, right? There are still people who are probably getting that connection or connectivity to like a, internet for the first time, right? And people who are mm. still exploring uh, handheld devices and other devices for the first time. So as a market, India is growing as well. And as a company, I think HP is doing reasonably well. 
uh, within the market. So that's uh, that, that's kind of like where we are. And also, though we are a global company, I think one thing about HP is that we do look at things with a local lens. So in terms of uh, whether it be products or services or whatever it is, it is that we design for, not just for India, but for the other regions and countries as well, we always try to uh, keep in mind what are, for example, the requirements of that particular uh, country and how are we going to uh, cater to those requirements or the customers there, right? For example, in India, uh, we sweat quite a lot, right? So the way we handle our laptops or the, 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 the dust that you plan for, right? Whether it's coals or it's very, very soft dust here in India, right? And even the electricity and how, um, and how our uh, appliances work with that kind of uh, uh, differences in you know the electricity and small habits like we say you know how do we wrap a cord everything is so different in different places and you know as a company that's something that we keep in mind uh, whether it be products or it services whatever is it that we design and think through we, we ensure that we have that local lens as well so I want to double click on something you said um, that what you just walked through, we could unpack for days, but I just want to, I just want to, um, because I just want to double click on that because m- many people listening might not think of HP products as, and the design of the products, two things, one, one gem that um, I just took away from was that the company is listening well enough to, to design a product in a country or part of the world that's different because the needs are different. Physically, they're different. There's dust, there's electric electricity things, there's a way people pack up their machine that impacts the cord that ultimately will end up with a complaint, which is very costly and affects profitability. Um, So they're they're listening and and you think about, um, so, so talk about the cord for a minute, because I think you had shared this in a meeting that you and I were at previously. And this is a great illustration of how customer experience isn't customer service or a context center. A lot of people equate it with customer service, but actually experience design has to do with the way the products are designed. And can you share a little bit about that story? Absolutely. And and, and that's right, Mark, because right from you conceptualizing the design, like all the way to support, I mean, I think we'll have to keep the customers are the center of everything we do, right? And this is more like, you know, the design thinking. And this is something that a colleague shared with me because he was actually on the project. So like I said, right, the way we wrap uh, our, the cord around cost a friction of re- uh, where the, the connection to the adapter was at some point breaking, right? And it was happening mm. more for this particular market, Um and in order to understand that when they kind of did, you know, like an RCA or an, or an analysis, what they realized was what is different is the way people were used to doing things, right? In India, we just go, uh, I don't know, I'm, people might connect to this, right? And you just go and wrap it around something, right? It's like yeah. wrapping a thread around uh, something that's uh, like a frame. So, and that was causing the issue so and that was something that was uh, that was considered in the design factor in order to ensure that you make it probably a little more sturdy or how do we work around it's not easy to be to change people's 
habits. That's just the way they're used to doing it, right? So how do you then work around the design to make it even more sturdier so that they don't have to run into decision? Therefore, downstream, like you said, we we save on the cost, right? In terms of whether it be replacement or fixing it or whatever it is, right? So that's just a small example that they share, right? So in, in terms of what is the kind of uh, attention that we give to the environment in which a product would be used, which is also a huge consideration in how uh, our customers experience our products um, while they're using it, yeah. So what a, what a great point is experience design and you know, one of the basic elements of human centered design is actually kind of walking in the shoes of the customer, right? Absolutely. And as a practice, uh, one of the things that we as a team agree upon is when we design something for the customer, uh, even if it's like a service, right, or a service journey, we try to walk that journey ourselves uh, in the customer's shoe and try to understand if I was a customer, would I like uh, what I've put together? And I think that's a great testing point for us, right? So if I don't like it, why would my customer like it, right? So I think uh, that's something uh, as a team that we agree it's something important for us to practice. Yeah. And you know, it doesn't cost that much to do, but it's such an important step. When you think about what the, the illustration you just described, I just want to, because it applies to whether you're an insurance company, a bank, another product manufacturer, a distribution company, you walk in the shoes. And so if you're just looking at the feedback, you might miss some of this, right? The feedback could say, I'm just going to throw out an example. You tell me if I'm off course. The feedback might say, number one, not, not a great score. So you're looking at the, met, the numbers, the quantitative metrics, which is important, important, but by itself in a vacuum does not tell you the story. And even looking at the verbatims or the comments that you see, you might see, well, the cord breaks or the computer stopped working or, you know, or um, the edges are frayed, you know, and you could miss what the real, the root cause of the issue is, right? Yep, that's right. So I think, uh, of course, feedback is important, like you said, and numbers are indicative. Some, and sometimes we do have the comments or the opportunity to go back and probably probe a little bit with the customer as to what, you know, what this cost is, right? Uh, but all, also having the opportunity to use a product or actually walk through a support journey or, and then be able to experience firsthand for yourself, right? As to what could have been the reasons that uh, a customer has feels the way uh, or has given us a particular score or uh, I think that gives you a wealth of information that you can then work on, right? And it also helps you to make those intentional changes uh, that you want to make in order to be able to deliver those exceptional experiences that you want to ultimately deliver. Well, thank you. Thank you, Jai. I want to ask you one more question before we go to a short break, and that, and that is about CX as a brand differentiator. When you think about brands in the world, in, in categories, CX is just a leader. It is, I'm at CX. E, HP is a leader in, in its category and has been a dominant leader. Um, I remember when other, other printer cartridge and you know, printer and toner cartridges and so forth, they still very much exist. 
and uh, and they're very profitable. And but but HP differentiated itself as a brand, and it wasn't just on the product. And I, I guess my question for you is: when you think about CX as a brand differentiator, what's what's your personal view? And you know, how do you think from what your experience of being inside the HP culture? How does HP think about CX being a brand differentiator? Great question, Mark. And I think it's a lot of people are aware of uh, the culture that we have in HP. And I think that's something that always stands out and something a lot of people talk about, right? And um, one of the things that's part of our culture and is that we we strongly believe that we focus on the customer first, right? And that is something that is clearly spelled out as part of our a, a cultural aspect. And we encourage, no matter where you are, you could be in a customer-facing role or in a role that does not have anything to do with your end, like the end HP customer, right? But every uh, the culture that we are trying to uh, build or that has been built is that no matter where you are, you all all of us have the power to make a difference for our customers in whatever way it is, right? And you will see it right from the top to the person who's actually on the ground doing work. Everybody understands uh, that they ha- they play a very powerful role. And as a company, when you see everybody not just talking about it, but actually living that culture for the many years that we've been living now, and it kind of like becomes a habit for each person and therefore, and habits and how we behave finally forms the overall culture, right? So um, that's one thing about HP, right? I mean, we always keep our customers at the center of everything that we do. Well, we're right on. And thank you for sharing that. Um, We're going to go to a short break. When we come back, you know, I didn't mention Jaya is uh, one of the board members of the Customer Experience Professionals Association. And in order to have been selected, um, usually have to go through some bumps and bruises and have some experience along the way. And she's going to share both her mountaintop moments and some of the potholes and landmines that she has experienced. And also some, we're going to talk a little bit about digital transformation and how important digital is to the experience right after this break. You are listening to the Delighted Customers Podcast. I'm Mark Slayton, your host. And if you're just starting out on your CX journey and need help with a CX strategy, I know it can be tough. Maybe you've been on your journey and just need help getting to the next level. I've walked the walk as a CX practitioner and I know the real world challenges you're facing. I'd love to come alongside you and put our heads together and jointly define the problem that needs solving. Let's have a live conversation. You can reach me at empoweredcx.com. Okay, we are back with Jaya Sudarshan uh, from HP, all the way from India. And we've been talking about all sorts of things and why CX is a brand differentiator and CX and H- in HP and HP in India. Um, and now we're going to talk a little bit about your journey as a practitioner so one of the things we ask about is mountaintop moments. And as you consider your career as a CX professional, what do you, what's your greatest success story? What, what's something you can look back on and say, yeah, I'm proud of that. Well, I think I, I'm going to 
okay I'm, i so early in my profession like when i just started being a cx professional right um i was very passionate about what I, what i was doing and i in my mind it was very simple as to why cx is important right mm-hmm. and early on um <laughs> i did i i was when i started right i was little um, not so excited when i see that people around me uh, especially people who i needed to influence right uh, in order to drive some of these projects uh, were not sharing the same excitement <laughs> and enthusiasm that i was because for some reason i was not talking in their language uh, and i think that was it took me a while to understand and come to that realization that oh yes i am very excited about cx for me it's very clear but then how do i bring uh, the other people into the into the same light right, right. so then i slowly started learning in, in terms of how do i talk about cx uh, with with what's in it for them in mind right how do i make it their story hey what am i enabling how am i making you successful by this particular cx activity or a customer experience related activity that i'm doing right and then i slowly started to see the difference in the way uh, you know people would react to me people would be willing to try out some of the things uh, that we were doing and at some point i realized right not just cx and maybe whatever profession you you are in end of the day it's all about influencing people right it's all about helping helping them navigate the change right and how successfully you do it uh, and i think that realization and therefore uh, how i was able to learn and grow from there over the past many years um kind of made it easy for me later on right to talk about what is you know what would be the roi hey how would it help you so um i think that was one realization early on that kind of like helped so when i finally learned uh how to do that magic of bringing you know people together and that was one uh, that is kind of like a good learning moment for me but i felt like okay right now is when i'm successfully able to really push through some cx related um, changes uh maybe within a small team or within even an organization and some of the things that we work on from a cx as a cx professional you will see we mostly in our organization are people who bring different departments together in order to go address some of the challenges our customers are facing or some or improve something for a customer so we we'll call them the linchpins where they kind of really bring the might of the organization together to make something happen for your customer so the time that i realized that and a few places where i was able to really bring do that in order to make a difference for a partner or a customer have been you know the mountain tops i would say but it's always been a learning experience mm so the linchpin so like if i were a cx practitioner and i love that word linchpins how might i begin to look for those well see Uh, for example right i mean it could be something that your customer is not happy about and more often than not right when you even 
draft a customer journey or you put the customer journey map together you will notice that each team is focused on that por- portion of that journey which they are responsible for and so, and in most of the places where we've had challenges the only step or the big step for us is to bring the the different teams right if they could be like five teams or sometimes even 10 teams who handle a customer journey you know from a start to the to the end right sometimes mm-hmm. it's all about stepping back and giving them the view of hey you know this is what you do but this is you know a portion of this entire journey right so breaking down those silos and being when i call the linchpin being that central point that brings all these different people together to see how each of them plays an important role and how they can even create better synergies if they come together right and it it it's sometimes as simple as hey oh so your team does this your activity comes after me so if i give this additional information i'm making it easier for you i'm giving you more customer focus right so similarly when when the first step is just bringing them together and i've seen most often most they address the challenges by themselves right so um and that's what i mean by linchpins right because uh whatever is it that you're trying to solve or create for the customer it's not going to be one team that is going to be help you achieve that uh as a cx practitioner what i've learned over the many years that i've been practicing cx is it always involves really bringing many departments and teams and individuals together in order to truly um uh, achieve something for the customer so it's very interesting right for the customer you are the customer's voice within the organization and within the organization you are what binds these different teams together to make things happen for your customer so i think we play a very very unique role and uh, that's kind of what excites me because you get to meet with so many people you get to uh, understand all okay and the other thing is you really get to understand how the entire ecosystem works because you need to understand that right you need to understand why marketing is doing something the way it is doing you need to understand uh supply chain and what are the kind of issues they would be having for example if you are related to something related to spare parts right or you would have to understand uh you know, pricing whatever it is right it's, it's about how do you understand the entire ecosystem because if you don't do that you're not going to be able to or how your tools work right and if there's a so to understand those systemic issues right or specific customer issues so i think for a cx professional it's also important to really have a good understanding of all the uh, what happens in the company so you need to know a little bit of everything right and then also have the kind of relationship and networking to bring the right people together to make things happen for your customer that's like been my biggest learning i think that's what excites me because each challenge requires different people different kind of uh, you know uh, solutioning and gives you a great opportunity to network and grow personally as well You know, Jaya, what you, what you said is is so interesting um, because I think the CX leaders are people who have a, that full view of the ecosystem that there really is no other department in the organization that does that. I mean, you could argue marketing or HR, not quite the same way, right? That 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 we so do. True. Yeah, that is so true. Yeah. So you mentioned a mountaintop moment. I think that that. 
rings true for a lot of people who are CX practitioners is that moment when you, you are the human duct tape and you bring it all together and you shed light and you give people a chance to see from all these different perspectives, the whole story from the customer's lens. Yep. So now what about the potholes? Are there any lessons learned? Many, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, many. And I think unless you, you know, and I believe, and I think, again, this is, I've worked with HP my entire career and most of my personal values to a large extent match my HP values as well. So um, one of the things that we've always believed in is, you know, do things quickly, fail if you have to, but then learn and change. Uh, And that's kind of been uh, something, uh, you know, that's personally I've kind of followed as well, right? So uh, there have been multiple times, uh, you know, something's not moved forward. It could be a project where or a difficult person or individual uh, that I am not able to align get an alignment with, right? And I think uh, when I look back at some of these landmines or moments where I felt like, okay, I didn't know how to get out of these or it took me a while and there was a opportunity to learn. When I look back at them today, I realized uh, I realized that it's probably because I, ha- I had not thought through in terms of how do I, similar, like I said, right? How do I understand things from that person's lens, right? It's all about, most often we are at loggerheads with people is because we have different, views coming together right and 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 i like i said that was a that was a learning that i had uh, early on as well right how do i really talk the different languages so that people understand what it is that i'm trying you know what i'm trying to do and also the other thing that i learned somewhere along the way is um how do i not make it about me mm. <laughs> and you know, as a young professional want out there wanting to prove something uh, uh, and being the passionate, uh, you know, person. So it's always um, a challenge, right? Especially when, you, when you're working with big teams, when you're working with so many different people who come from so many different backgrounds and have each one has a different uh, a goal or an objective, right? How do you get them to see what you're trying you know, trying to show them, right? Or what, why would this particular thing that I'm asking you to do be good for you, right? But I've also had these lovely experiences where I've been part of a team where I've seen the team literally merge and grow. And if you've ever, and I, if you've ever, and for me, who was, who has been a single, I mean, or started off as a single player and to have to experience that teamwork, and realize and have a team which actually kind of like rises uh, to fill in those gaps that we individually have so that as collectively we're able to take it to a different level. I think that was, for me, that experience really changed uh, the way I looked at how I worked. And it doesn't happen every time, but when it does, it's very magical. And once you've experienced it, at least for me, I'm constantly looking for uh, opportunities again to come to create that magic, right? Because mm-hmm. when you truly find the right team with the with 
everybody who believes in that achieving that goal and the synergies that you create i think really gives you a different kind of a i would say it's a high <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. but yeah it gives you a different um, thing and you want to keep trying to keep recreating again for yourself right so i think many potholes but this has been my biggest learning as i you know n- navigated them uh, over the past few years well thank you for sharing that so so important to learn from you know where we over time i mean it's just what happens we all step in potholes and i think the illustration you shared about initially um n- not locking heads but really th- trying to think through hey w- what's it like from their lens what what are some ways we can talk their language and come at this from the same side of the table yep yeah so breakthroughs um this is, I'd love to talk about some in this area. We talk about some areas that um, maybe CX breakthroughs, and in particular, one area that we're we've been seeing for a while. But digital transformation is something that is impacting the customer experience. And I wanted to ask: there's some tension sometimes between the way the digital transformation is being done and human interactions, right? So. How how does that manifest itself maybe at your work and what what strategies would you recommend to people? Yeah, that's a great question, right? So actually coming from an analytics and a data background, right? I'm always fascinated at how we can use a lot of data and make sense out of them and draw insights from them. So for me, it helped that I was, I had that little background and I understood um, how some of the, because and the end of the day digitalization is all about data right and how are we um, how are we empowering or making things easy for our customers now as much as and i think digitalization is important right what it helps us to do is firstly uh, simplify most of our processes or journeys for our customers it also in most cases when we talk about ai or ml or rpa they look at taking a lot of data that is available and really drawing insights which then enable us to take away some what we call the monotonous routine things that people do or help them make better decisions right and that's and if you see with covid our digital transformation has accelerated at a much higher speed than we would, we would expect, uh, expect it to be however as much as digitalization enables us to make it really a frictionless effortless um, you know experience for our customers um, somewhere along the way i think it's very important for us to maintain that human touch as well right because i know f- i get very frustrated with chatbots these days i know they mean well but i still in an era where everything is digitalized i still want to have that little human interaction that i want to have right but the challenge that we have is um as much as a lot of companies are investing in digital transformation in but in terms of what we want or what do we um, really want to achieve is that not lose that empathy right we'll never be able to create that or mm-hmm. recreate that empathy uh 
with the digital you know however great your ai is or however well you're training your rpa that's not going to be uh, recreatable right so empathy again i think is a is a focus area where we of course we use all the digitalization to enable us to make those decisions but how do we make it empathetic right and balance it now as a person when i'm interacting with you mark i mean i look at your body language i look at how you nod your head and it's easy for me as a person as an individual to be empathetic and understand a little about you and know how to respond right but i think the biggest challenge that we have as organization is how do we scale this empathy how do i make my entire maybe frontline empathetic how do we get called an empathetic team or maybe even the entire organization be mm-hmm. perceived as empathetic mm-hmm. right it's not easy because um it's it's difficult it's, it's not easy to to scale it up right because right. it's you need to have that instant understanding and reading of your tone your voice uh, a lot of small cues that i get from your body language for me to be empathetic towards you and say something that would make you feel good and part of the conversation right but how do we make that scale it up i think that's a challenge that we have and the interesting thing is this is where digitalization can help you as mm. well right because it can give you based on so many different data points that we would probably have or have access to how can uh, that be you know packaged or processed in such a way that it is provided to uh, those people who actually interact with customers or people who make decisions to empower them to make uh, you know to say the right things to treat our customers empathetically so i think it's a i think we need the digitalization and all the great work that's happening here but i think at some point it is very important for us to you know ensure that human touch is not lost because um like again like i said people might forget everything but they will never make you forget how you I mean, they will never forget how you made them feel right and i don't think uh without the human touch we'll be able to create that particular sense of feeling and experience for our customers so i think it's very important for us to balance um you know digital transformation journeys alongside uh human you know interactions yeah so that's yeah so what i what i hear you saying is there's a there's a synergy that can happen between digital transformation and human interactions when you think about the design and the use of a product and customer experience i heard someone once say um, that we don't want to have a technology in search of a strategy uh, yes right and so that's what i hear you saying is is let's not lose let's not lose the human part of whatever we're designing let's really start right from the human part correct I, I agree. And um, if we could pull up a little bit, we were, we were talking about digital uh, transformation and how it gets used. And I think there are some things that really drive people nuts when it comes to digital, the way digital applications are. And I think ultimately, and tell me if you agree with this, that we're, we're talking about the omni-channel experience. A lot of people think 
a lot of people think when we say omni-channel, first, some people don't know what that means. It really, it really means when a customer interacts with your brand, your company, they have a multitude of different ways, whether you, whether you think about it or not, or whether you've planned for it or not, they can call on the phone. They could speak to somebody in person. They could go to your website or, or their phone and they can interact with your website or they can interact with an online experience. They can call a call center. Um, they, there's a number of different ways they, they can interact. And omnichannel really doesn't mean just that they have these multiple choices. What it means is they really get to choose which channel they want to use when they want to use it. Does that, does that make sense? And is that, since you're very close to that at HP, is that something that gets in your radar? Yes. So omnichannel experience, you know, what we, some of the things that we intentionally try to design uh, is no matter where you reach us through, we, we are striving to provide the same kind of experience, right? You might be reaching us, like you said, through a phone or through a chat or, um, or you could just be walking into one of, you know, one of our service centers or whatever it is, right? So no matter right. where right. you're approaching us and what your journey is from there on, we want to, we want to have that consistency in the journey. Now, digital transformation, yes, digitalization is also happening in a customer facing, like you said, you mean, it could be like deployment of uh, um, chat or uh, which does not involve actual people, you know, behind, uh, you know, on the chat with you. But it also, there's a lot that happens in the back end or within your organization that's not visible to your custom, to customers. For example, right? Um, how do you know uh, where you are in a particular journey or what next? Or how do we know that uh, when you call in, right? How do we, it could be like a natural language processing, right? Based on what you say, how do I assess uh, what your mood is or how you're feeling right now, right? That's part of our digitalization as well. Now, when you call in, um, how do I know um, if you've called before, right? And what is the experience that you had priorly, right? And how do I know end-to-end, at least for us from a support perspective, right? How do I know end-to-end uh, how I'm going to be able to service you? And how do I have that visibility internally? And how do I provide that visibility to you externally, right? And that is how, that's where digitalization kind of helps, where right now everything is available to you at the tap of a button. So. Well, I, I think that ties back a couple of things in what you just said. One is uh, that ties back to earlier, you said a big part of our job is influencing, helping others to navigate the change. And, and I think about Stephen Covey, who talked about the seven habits of highly effective people. And he talked about first seek to understand, then to be understood. So the humility you bring to the table at Hewlett Packard, which is to say, I really need to learn more about other departments and how they function. And so when you get to the point of the language, speaking their language, you're better equipped to do that if you've spent time learning about them. Absolutely. And if you are not, if, I mean, it's just about, you know, being vertical and horizontal, right? I mean, as much as, you know, you sharpen your specific CX skills, mm. unless you have that 
horizontal knowledge of how things work um you need to have both the expertise to bring bring things together so i think that's what one thing that i've learned and i've seen people who i've worked with who have mentored me and i kind of look at what made them successful and this is this is something you know that it boils down to with them as well so i see that they really know what they're talking about they understand how the different departments and stakeholders are impacted by what they're doing and they're able to really um you know be able to convince them that we are doing this probably for the greater good and why you know every one of us it's like a win win for everybody people yeah Well, excellent, Jaya. I just want to thank you so much. We talked about so many great things, so many gems in here. Um, I just so appreciate you joining the show. Is there any way, if if one of our listeners would like to reach you, what would be the best way for them to get a hold of you? Well, I can leave my email address, and and that would be a good way for people to reach out to me and be happy to talk or. you know interact and be available uh, for that and mark thank you so much for uh, you know having me here some of the questions really made me introspect you know think back and it's always nice to go back and think about your journey and you know think for those defining moments and also think about at the crux of it what is it that you're really trying to do and uh, and always good to be reminded that you're in a job that you're very very happy in right a job that makes you get up in the morning and go into office and just be very passionate about what you're doing so i really want to thank you for the opportunity as well oh my my pleasure so great to have you as a guest and so much wisdom and knowledge coming from you thank you jaya thank you ma thank you Well, thanks for listening to the Delighted Customers podcast. I want to ask you to do two things. If you've enjoyed this episode or any of my other ones, hit subscribe. I've got a lot of other great guests that are coming up and a lot of other great content, and I don't want you to miss anything. And if you've gotten something out of this, share it with someone. Make sure they have access to all this content and all the other great content coming up. You can find any links or references on the show in the show notes, and you can find those on my website. at empoweredcx.com.